Welcome to my testimony and our another episode. Yes, and we're looking forward to this one today because we have a very special friend of ours. Yeah, Cody, Cody Appelin. Cody, welcome to my testimony. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So before we go into today's testimony, let's bow our heads to prayer. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for Cody and his family. Thank you for his testimony. And we pray that as he shares with us today, that your Holy Spirit will just abide with us and we'll be blessed. And I know that we will be drawn closer to you. So thank you again, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, so Cody, why were you born? Where were you born? Where was I born? I was born in uh, Bradenton, Florida. Oh, so you're a Florida guy. Oh, wow. Okay. I I am. I am. I am. But I've lived, like I said, I've traveled so much and I've lived Mm -hmm. in many places. Mm. So uh, this was just the beginning and it's kind of came back full circle back into Florida. Mm -hmm. So a a lot's happened between, (laughs) you know. Being born. Yeah. So. Wow. Okay. So okay. you um you travel a lot, but you you grew up mainly in Florida. Hmm. Um, I lived in Florida. I think I was nine years old when I moved out of West Florida. So I, I lived in like Northport, Sarasota, Bradenton, from the age of one to nine. Hmm. Um, and then my mom, you know, she was a single mother, four kids. She was exhausted. Hmm. Her family lived in Arizona, and they said that you know they would give her help. Uh financial, uh, mental, spiritual, everything, you know, she was just broken, exhausted. And my mom was a believer too. Um, but she just needed a break. So we moved to Arizona when I was nine. And so I lived in Arizona for about, I think 20 years. And then I lived in St. Louis in Illinois for a few years. And then, um, I've traveled everywhere for work. So I, I've been a lot of places in the U S U S Mexico, but, um, a lot of traveling, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, um, with you growing up and stuff, uh, were you, um, did you know anything about um, Christ? Or were you, ter- um, Christianity, where did you, were you exposed to Christianity? Right. That's the question. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know, our heritage, um, you know, by birth is obviously like most people, it, Catholic. So it's so many, you know, I mean, obviously the Vatican has touched every country almost. It's implanted its roots almost everywhere. Mm-hmm. So us being Irish Catholic by heritage, um, you know, I, I, that wasn't the start, obviously, because that's more of a culture than it is uh, uh, Christianity. You mm-hmm. know, even, even Catholicism, I, you know, I, I have a hard time with. So, but... I think around, I want to say maybe I was four years old when my mom started going to the Kingdom Hall of Jehovah Witnesses. Oh, okay. okay. So that's a, that's a little more, in the, that actually it's way more in the right direction. Um, great people. I love them. Uh, I, they're awesome. You know, I, I really appreciate them because, you know, like um, earlier today when uh, uh, at the church when she was saying she was given the, the, scripture what was it uh geez uh raise up a child in the way of the lord and when he's older he will not depart from it right Mm -hmm. so i had that foundation in a sense i had the uh the knowledge of but i mean what is wisdom right wisdom Mm -hmm. is knowledge applied Mm -hmm. so i guess i had the knowledge not the wisdom because i never applied it at a young age Mm -hmm. right so I was, I, I, I've got a few years under the belt before I went into my rebellious stage of, um, you know, getting getting to hear the scriptures, getting to see the fellowship amongst uh, believers, which is great. Honestly, it really is because all walks of life, uh, rich, poor uh, around the world can come together and help each mm-hmm. other under the name of God, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I love to see that camaraderie within the church. Uh, but that did come to a, a abrupt end. When we moved to Arizona, when I was nine, there was no more of that. We went from going to church every Wednesday for Bible study, every mm-hmm. Sunday for you know service, mm-hmm. and then I believe on Saturday or was the Sunday after church, mm-hmm. we would do door-to-door service as well. Mm-hmm. So we were actually in the field doing ministry as well at that age. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really cool. I liked it, but like I said, it, it came to an abrupt end because when I moved to Arizona, I feel like I was thrown into a whole different lifestyle, a whole different way of life than I could have ever imagined. So mm-hmm. that's honestly where I think my problems began for the most part so okay arizona's different it's different so what was so different in arizona uh you know with us being a border state the influx of uh drugs and uh just the crime is off it's off the charts you know Mm -hmm. cops are constantly being killed every day i i lived in maricopa county and you know it has a notorious nickname murder copa county for a reason uh, you know, the cartels out there, they, they, they wreak a lot of havoc mm. and, uh, yeah, it's not good. So, I mean, it, it's crazy how uh, I was actually introduced to a lot of people out there where this is the way of life. This is their first nature mm. where at the age of 12 years old, they have a gun in their waistband and, you know, they're just running around the streets like little 12 year olds. I couldn't believe it. Could not mm. believe it. Wow. So at such a young age, you see you're kind of just like shoved into this whole world where you're like, what? Like, mm. <laughs> my mom's going to kill me. I can't be around people like you, but wow. it, it's everywhere. It's everywhere, everywhere you turn. So it was hard not to, uh, it, it was so hard to be in a world and not be of the world at such a young age. Mm. Right. Right. Wow. So growing up, you, you, Arizona, young age, got into that environment. Um, how did that influence you now with you as a teenager? Hmm. Oh, it's horrible, horrible, horrible. I feel like it's tattooed my mind and soul to things that I can't even, you know, one of my biggest requests in my prayers is always to renew my mind, a mind of righteousness, because, hmm. you know, the scripture where it says, you know, take every thought captive and lay it at your master's feet, right? We're supposed to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But so much easier said than done when you've had, when you've allowed, willingly allowed such a, a, a impact of violence, of degradation, of mm-hmm. everything God hates right. to be surrounding and engulfed in your life. So even when you detach yourself from that, the scars and, and the remains are still there, yeah. you know. So I, I really regret a lot of it. You know, I mean, if I could, if I could go back being boring, being a square, being a loser, whatever they want to, whatever stigma or label they want to put on you, mm. I would have been completely fine with that because mm. I would have known I was following the scriptures to guard my eyes, guard my ears, the windows of the soul, mm. you know, because now I feel like there's things I, I wish I could get out of my head. I wish I could have thoughts stop coming in, but it's part of the story. It's part of the testimony. So it's something that it's kind of the cross you have to bear for wow. what you've done. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's you just submitting every day, submitting every day to Christ so that mm. he can renew your mind. And, you, um, and if you, um, if you are determined and do your part, I know Christ will, will do his part. So, Definitely. yeah. So you say, yeah, I, I love the scripture is, uh, you know, I, I always have to remind myself of these scriptures. My buddy Mark from the Seventh Day Adventist Church up in St. Louis, he's the one who told me, you know, claiming promises isn't mm. like arrogance to God because we know God mm. isn't slack in his word. Right. They're reminders for the believer that you can stand on his word. Mm. So a lot of times I have to remind myself that, you know, God is faithful to complete a good work that he started in us. Amen. So if the Father has drawn you near to him, just go ahead, be still, let, know that he is God and let him work in your life and finish the good work. <clears throat> so, yeah, some days are easier than others. Some mm. days I win, some days I lose. I feel mm. like, you know, I, I, yeah, it's hard, you know, it's hard, but I'm not the only one going through it. I, I like to know that 
everybody else has their testimony. Everybody else has their story. So when one suffers, we all suffer, right? Yes, yeah, it's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. It's so true. For it's sure, true. for sure. So you said you said before that you started on a rebellious phase. What kind of phase was that? What did that entail? I mean, it's crazy because I was so talented and athletic at, at a young age. I started skateboarding, I think, when I was about 10 when I got to Arizona. Mm. And I actually picked up three sponsors. I'd enter competitions all the time. I won first place. I was, I was sponsored by uh, Vans California Days. Mm. Uh, mm. I, I was doing great, you know, and uh, very talented and just ambitious. And I think growing up on the west side of Phoenix and the avenues is probably where it all began. Because, like I said, the, the crime rate is just so abundant that i think people are desensitized to it where it's a normality for everybody mm. like it doesn't matter if you're in the rich neighborhood or if you're in the hood or whatever you're just everybody's partaking in pretty much sodom and gomorrah let's be honest i mean it's mm. just cities of degradation but um it, it started out you know just at the age of i think i was about 12 when i started drinking and uh then smoking weed and then you know it's it's a snowball effect right. um people laugh at the the terms uh gateway drug <laughs> you know mm. no they are they are because mm. you're desensitizing yourself one step at a time mm. and you could try to make light of it try to make fun of it but no it's it's a real thing whether you think it's not doing having an impact yet just wait it catches up <laughs> you know mm. the devil knows what he's doing right you know? One step at a time. He's got time. Well, for now he does. So, mm. and he knows us. So it, it was it it was one drug after another, becoming more desensitized to just everything. It, I, honestly, there's not a drug under the sun that wasn't experimented with. Um, mm. Then, you know, it it went from partying after the skate park every night. I, me and my buddies, we'd go to the skate park all night. Then it would be hit up a party, then we go to the next party, then we go to the next party. And we were just out to the morning, you know, jumping house to house, city to city, getting into trouble. And uh, it went from skateboarding, then partying, to just partying all the time. The skateboarding went out the window. Mm. It was partying all the time. Then it went to, if you're using drugs, eventually they get so expensive, you got to start selling them. Right. So now you're over here selling drugs. You're, you know, you're not even skating anymore, but it, it's crazy. I, I went from such a healthy lifestyle and doing so good to that's that slow uh, fall, that slow slip, you know, and it, it, I honestly it didn't take long because by the age of 19, I got my DOC number uh, in the Arizona Department of Corrections. I got, I did seven years in prison out there oh, wow. and, uh, mm. And they, they got no problem putting kids in prison, I'll tell you what. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's once again, us lying to ourselves. You know, I think I, I was my biggest enemy growing up because I lied to myself a lot. You know, all oh, these people are stupid. That's why they're in prison. Oh, they're dumb. They told on themselves. That's why they're in prison. Oh, that's not me. I'm not going to prison. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to prison, <laughs> you know. Uh, mm. wow. Just, yeah, it's horrible. Horrible, horrible. So it, you know, and that doesn't stop either. So once you're into that lifestyle, it's a big snowball effect and you're lucky because I mean, all you're doing is putting chain after chain after chain of addiction on yourself, Right. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. bad habits. I mean, those chains are so hard to break. Once you throw them on you, I mean, honestly, it took God to break these. Okay. I tried it so many times by myself, quit smoking, quit chewing, quit drinking, uh, I thought I, I would never be able to quit drinking ever. I never thought I smoked cigarettes for 15 years. Never thought I'd be able to quit that. Mm. You know, um, it, it wasn't until I literally started reading the Bible that I was able to, not me, I don't even want to say me, but I saw the, the, the urge fading away. There, there was no more urge for a while or it really minimized to where I was strong enough to actually just be like, no, nah, I know I'm good because the guilt that comes after the sin isn't worth partaking in the sin anymore. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah, it, it, I, I went to prison for about seven years for uh, theft, burglary, gun charges, DUIs, 
Uh, and in there, I think my problems just got bigger. Like I said, it was, it, it's a snowball effect. I mean, in Arizona, Arizona is hands down probably one of the most racist states <laughs> that I've lived in. Mm. And I mean the prison system because it's very segregated, okay. heavily racially segregated. Right. Uh, you know, the people, uh, Caucasians, whites, uh, they are under the Aryan Brotherhood. Mm -hmm. Then you have your, you know, the Chicanos who are under the Mexican Mafia. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, your, your, your Paisas who are uh, Mexico nationalists, they are under the Border Brothers. Mm -hmm. So it's in, and then the Blacks, a lot of them are under like what they call the Mau Mau's. So okay. it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's bad because if you even step one line in this situation, I mean, mm -hmm. it, it could cost you your life. Wow. So. I was very fortunate to even get out of prison. Wow! So I, I'm I'm blessed for that. So 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 you um you you went in you went in and you had to just find your place because um so you're white wow. so you had to make sure you you associate with the white boys right? Yes yes uh and and it's really tough because where I grew up I mm. mean I I grew up a lot around a lot of gangsters. And uh, even though I never partook in anything like that, I was always just more about, you know, hustling money. Whereas, you know, they, they grew up in neighborhoods and, and I grew up with them. I lived in these neighborhoods. So when I went to prison and a lot of my friends were in prison too at the time, mm -hmm. um, I had to stay away from them. We weren't allowed to do business. We weren't allowed to eat with each other. Weren't allowed to work out with each other. Oh, you can't okay. smoke with each other. You can't do anything with each other. You're not allowed. The rules are don't break bread with each other, don't shed blood with each other, you know, working out, anything like that, building, can't do it. And even if, if somebody comes in your cell who's not of your race, you actually have to fight them. So whether they know it or not. Wow. So yeah, Arizona was, like I said, Arizona's a, it's a whole different breed. It's, it's different. So when you're in the midst of all of this, how did you come back to know who God was? How do you? Oh, you know what? It's so crazy because, okay, so I've been to prison three times. And at 19, I got my DOC number. And so I like to think it's more or less malicious prosecution, the way the state of Arizona does mm. uh, their clients, is because they knew I had other charges that happened prior to the ones they convicted me on. Okay. I tried to have them brought up and they refused to bring them forward. They waited till I did three and a half years my first time. And then the day I got off parole, they filed new charges, took me oh, back to wow. jail. And I got another three years on that one. So I, I just got out after three and a half. Then I had to go do three more years. And then after all that, I got out parole and I got out the second time and I got a DUI on parole mm. and cause I was still in chains of addiction at the time. Right. I started using in prison. I was, mm. uh, and, and that addiction followed me into the streets mm. again. So, uh, I caught that DUI and the Sergeant who arrested me on the DUI said within 12 months, you will have a grand jury indictment. If you don't, that means your blood results came back negative. If you do, obviously you came back positive. I said, all right, cool. So 14 months go by, never got a grand jury indictment. So I thought by the grace of God, here I am with, I, I slipped through the cracks and I'm not going to take it for granted. Mm -hmm. So I went out, I drove out with my cousin. He just got off parole too. My cousin did a lot of time in prison. Uh, he gets off parole and we just get in my car and we drive out for St. Louis. Uh, I got family who lives out in Missouri. Right. So I, I drove out there with my cousin and I just cold turkeyed everything. I quit the habits, the bad habits. Um, I was still drinking and smoking at the time, but the physically uh, addictive drugs, I guess you could say is a nice way to put it. Mm. Um, I, I just cold turkeyed everything because I went, I went through a phase where I was on methadone, opioids. I mean, everything under the sun. Wow. And do you think that by cold, cold turkey? You did that by cold turkey? I did. Whoa. How, 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 was, was, that? how, how, was, how was that for you? Wow. What, what kind of withdrawals did you experience doing that? Wow. 
And the reason why I'm asking because I've I've heard stories. I just want to hear your experience with that. Yeah, it's you know what I mean. Methadone alone, I felt like somebody snapped my back and threw me on the ground. Yeah, I couldn't move. Move. My 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 lower spine felt like it was literally snapped. Mm. And I was driving through Texas, about to hit the Oklahoma border, and I just felt it start hitting me. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I said, "We gotta go, dude!" Like. Cause this is about to get bad and I'm driving into Missouri, hanging out the car, puking everywhere as I'm getting into Missouri. Mm. I knew what was coming. Mm. I knew what I was doing, but I just couldn't sustain this lifestyle. It was getting so bad that, you know, I'm spending $300 a day just Mm. on drugs. Wow. Uh, In order to spend $300 a day, you know, I mean, what else are you doing to get that money? Exactly. So, I mean, I I used to do a lot of horrible stuff. I used to rob people. I used to sell drugs. I used to do a lot of horrible stuff to maintain this lifestyle. Mm. And so when I was given this opportunity that, you know, I felt like 14 months goes by, I didn't get the grand jury indictment. I'm good. I can can start over, but it's up to me. So I I took that initiative and uh, I headed out for Missouri. And uh, like I said, I was withdrawing and it lasted for about 30 days. I want to say the acute withdrawal. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of people say, oh, it's only five to 10 days. No, for me, my bones hurt. I mean, I I couldn't sleep for 30 days. Mm -hmm. To go 30 days without sleep, you want to run your head into a wall just so you finally shut down. Mm -hmm. But it's horrible. It's horrible. I mean, to, to get out of a physical prison and then to be so stupid that you put yourself through a mental and once again it's a physical binding uh, a prison too because the mm-hmm. opioids the withdrawal on it hurts so bad mm-hmm. it, it, it's one of the worst feelings of my life mm-hmm. but it, it's a it's a prison drug for a reason because the years just fly by you don't notice it that's why everybody it, a lot of people in prison are addicted to opioids mm-hmm. you know it's, it's unfortunate but that's another reality. So, uh, so yeah, I, I went out to Missouri and, um, I, and I put myself through college. I got clean, put myself through college, moved up to Columbia, Missouri. Mm-hmm. I was working, going to college, uh, staying clean. And uh, let's see, I moved out to, uh, Illinois after Columbia, Missouri. I'm yeah, I moved out to Illinois. And uh, I was working a shipyard out there, welding after college, and uh, I was working so hard. I, I remember just working seventy-two hours a week, mm. and I was working so hard because I was like, you know what? I I I blew through my teens. I blew through my twenties. I there. I have nothing to show for it. At the age of eighteen, I probably made about a hundred grand, and you know, just cash off the books, not working a job. I probably made about a hundred grand, but I had nothing to show for it. Everything that I owned got taken by the cops. Chandler Police Department out in Arizona, they went into my storage unit. I got evicted because I had too much traffic coming in and out of my place. Mm. Uh, so I put everything in a storage unit. Then Chandler PD seizes the whole storage unit. Wow. So everything that I was hustling towards, once again, the scripture, you know, uh, mm. the, the treasures of the uh, evil is set up for the righteous, right? Right. Like, once again, God never, he's never slack on his words. It's just a matter of when, you know. So um, he showed me that, that there's no uh, longevity here. You're going to keep hustling. You're going to destroy yourself. You know, you're going to die for this garbage. Mm. Um, So I, I was trying to make up for the lost time. Mm. I'm finally out of prison. I was only in prison that two times at this point. And I'm living in St. Louis, working 72 hours a week, trying to make up for all my lost time. And so I'm working 72 hours a week. And I was miserable. Like, I I started obtaining a lot of uh, material things quickly. You know, I lived in a beautiful little place, brand new everything. Um, But I would, honestly, I I would just come home depressed all the time. Wow. You know, so after work, I would grab a a 12-pack of uh, bottle Bud Light. And I would start drinking on my way home. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have three DUIs already from when I was a kid growing up. I've obtained three DUIs. So here I am like an idiot still 
driving from Illinois into St. Louis across the river and I'd have a 12 pack in the passenger seat and I just drink on my way home. Mm. By the time I get home, cause I have an hour drive, I'm pretty much already halfway through the 12 pack. Wow. So I stop at the liquor store on the corner of my house and I get another 12 pack. Oh. So I'm drinking about 18 beers a day oh after goodness. work. Wow. And, uh, yeah, you know, it, it, I guess it's pretty bad, but like it, it gets to a point where your tolerance, you know, you just keep pushing it and the talk, the demon doesn't stop. You got to feed the beast, you know, and mm-hmm. the tolerance just grows and grows. So I, I was just very depressed because I don't know, you know, your whole life society tells you that, oh, if you don't buy a house by 25 or if you're not married with a kid, you know right. how it is. If mm-hmm. you don't have the American dream by 30, then you're a failure. Like yeah. we put so much emphasis on materialistic garbage that yeah. never fulfills us. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I automatically out of coming after after coming out of prison, I thought that this was going to make me successful. Mm-hmm. Just just work until. Uh, until you have everything, no matter how unhappy you are, as long as everybody else can see that you're materially, uh, materialistically doing well, right? then you're good. You're no longer a failure, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't, it, isn't that how we kind of mm-hmm. view the society that we live in? Of course, yep. yeah. But I was, I was depressed. It, it was horrible. I hated my life. I hated my job. I hated, you know, coming home and drinking a beer on the couch is probably like the only downtime that i had mm. to peacefully sit there and just contemplate about my life in the day wow and uh i remember i remember going into work every morning in st louis and it'd be freezing i'd walk into work and i'd be like i can't do this for 20 more years i can't mm. you know i've only been doing it for one year and, and what to do this for 19 more years like that i can't do this so you start feeling the the spirit cry out like hey i'm literally about to die off here if you don't give me something of substance because you keep feeding me trash and garbage you know it's you become a a hollow man you know you become cold right so i i actually started um i started listening to it and uh so i would go to a sunday service in st louis every weekend and there was my only day off was Sunday, so I would go. Uh, I'd go find a little service, but and, and this isn't like some SDA propaganda or me uh, trying to push the church into the you know right church or anything. Mm-hmm. But no, literally every Sunday service I was going to, it wasn't resonating with the soul. It wasn't mm-hmm. catching with me, mm-hmm. and I would hear stuff in these churches, and then I look them up into the Bible. I'm like. Where's this guy getting this from? What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. So, I, I I am one person that um, I, I question everything, and people really hate it out of me. <laughs> I, I've had a couple of friends where they're like, "Why don't you just believe what he, it says?" I'm like, "Dude," because I was learned, I was taught to question everything. Mm-hmm. You know, that's me doing my due diligence. Mm-hmm. I hear a lot of stuff. Doesn't mean it's right. Mm-hmm. You know. So it, I started doing my due diligence. I said, you know what? I'm done with uh, uh, these Sunday services. And I, I shouldn't even say Sunday services. I just said I was done with church. Right, right. I was done with church mm-hmm. because I wasn't I wasn't resonating with anything they were saying. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to uh, – I'm going to every day make a promise. Every day after work, I'm going to give one hour to reading the scripture. Oh. Start in Genesis and go to Revelation. So – I started in, in uh, Genesis. Uh, actually, the the Old Testament. I'm sorry, the Old Testament. I didn't even get through until after I went back to prison. Mm. So I started in the book of Matthew, the Gospels, because we're always told uh, uh, the this New is Testament. the New Covenant, right? Right, the, the New Covenant. It's the New Covenant. We're not under the old one. Right. So many people love to say that. <laughs> uh, but we, as we all know, it's one and the same, honestly. But um. Uh, so I, I started in the Gospels, and every day after work, I would commit one hour. And I struggled with that book. I, I A couple times, I chucked the Bible across my apartment. Wow. Mm. You know, I mean, there's so many times in the Bible where, like, if you don't allow the Bible to speak for itself or continue to read, uh, there's some things that you're going to run into that, you know, 
just, you know, one of the scriptures I didn't like where it's talking about where Jesus says, oh, I didn't come for you. I come for the lost sheep of Israel, right? Right. As soon as I heard that, I'm like, wait, what? All right. <laughs> that doesn't apply to me then, I guess. <laughs> so, wow. You know, just, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we all struggle with this thing we call faith. Yeah. We do. Yes. Yes. It, and you should question it, though. Even God says, test all spirits, right? It's Our our Father isn't such an um, impatient God or an unloving Father that He doesn't say, hey, I, I understand that my ways are higher than yours mm. and that our ways are not the same, mm. but I did create you. So I know that you're going to go through these issues. He says in the Bible, there's no sin that I can't forgive, right? Except right. for blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Right. Mm -hmm. He even tells the children of Israel, I know you've cursed my name. I know about the orgies on the mountaintop. I know about, mm -hmm. you know, the altars. I know about it all. Just come back to me, you know, mm -hmm. and, and be my people again. Mm -hmm. So even in the Old Testament, where, which people actually attribute God to being, you know, some kind of horrible monster. Mm -hmm. If you actually highlight these uh, uh, scriptures where he's begging and pleading for the, his children to come back to him. Yeah. We see how much of a loving God he is. So, yes, one hundred percent. I questioned the Bible. I threw the Bible. I, 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 I wanted to know what is this life here for? What is this? Because me working seventy-two hours a week mm -hmm. isn't what I was made for. Mm. Me going through failed relationship after failed relationship after failed relationship isn't what I was made for. Mm. I have to find the reason to my existence because it can't be to be in prison for the rest of my life. It, the, everything that I've gone through is so horrible. Why do I not have the one thing that makes sense to me yet? Nothing was making sense. Right. Mm -hmm. Every direction you go into, it's like hitting another brick wall and then just being unsatisfied by the time you hit mm. that wall. You know, you... Uh, it's like my buddy always said, you know, you're trying to fit like a, a round shaped block into a cross shaped yes. uh, cutout. Right. Yeah. You right. know, the only thing that's going to fill that, that, that hole, that spot is him, mm. you know, so quit trying to fill other things into the shape because it doesn't fit. Only he's the one who gives you that substance. Yeah. So I, I honestly, I ran into um, this Bible channel, and once again, this isn't like I said some SDA uh, hmm. propaganda or anything, but th this is my testimony, and it's honest. So I ran into a um, YouTube channel called the Bible Flock Box, uh, okay, and it's uh, yeah. Greg. Good, yeah. <laughs> so his testimony too, like I believe he's from mm. Poland. I believe he mm. lives out there with his wife and three kids now. Um, but I believe he honestly, I think it started here in the States. I think he lived in California mm -hmm. he was. and he went to prison for, I think either seven or 10 years, something like that mm. for ecstasy and gun charges. Wow. So yeah. And, but he's one of the most amazing, um, I don't know if you want to call him a, a preacher. I guess he is, you know, he's preaching the word, right. uh, but he he goes through all the scripture. It's not him talking. He allows the scriptures to talk. He gives you the address to the scripture, mm -hmm. and any and he's very good at doing his due diligence throughout mm -hmm. history. When he talks about the Vatican, when he talks about anything that Islam, when we talk about different subjects, mm -hmm. he brings it up all the facts and he presents it to where the facts speak for themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not trying to push our own opinion. We're not trying to create our own religion. Mm -hmm. We're trying to know God and how we got here, right? right? Who are we and how did we get here? Mm -hmm. So Greg uh, off of the Bible Flock Box, he's the one where I was like, wow, dang, all right. So I watched one, then I watched 10, then I'm like 40 videos deep, you know? Right. And it, it's just mm -hmm. you fiend for that knowledge where you're like, man, I never knew that or I skipped that or, and now this starts becoming fun. It, it's so enlightening. It's so feeling. It's you now are running off so, uh, uh, something with substance. Yeah. And I would go to work and these guys would be like, dude, stop with your God crap. I don't want to hear it. You believe in God? I'm like, dude, check this out. And I'm over here always just quoting the Bible, 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 Bible. They're like, oh my gosh. Wow. 
Yeah. Well, you know, people got tired of me because once again, it was it's like the word of God. Once you got it, it's like a fountain that just flows right. through you. The yes. excitement. It's yeah. so true. It is. It's so right. exciting. And yeah. um, I, I, so I find, I, I go through all of Greg's videos because he never pushes a denomination either. No, he doesn't. Mm. He's very just about the facts. So he was doing a live Q and A, and somebody said, "So, um, what denomination do you go to?" And he mm. said, "Honestly, I, I try to stay away from that because we shouldn't. Even, honestly, we we shouldn't push it mm. because it." The truth doesn't have to be, I don't have to prop up the truth. Right. The truth is always going to stand no matter what, because that's the truth. That's the reality. That's yeah. the fact. Yeah. yeah. Um, you have to prop up lies. You have to push false narratives. Yeah. That's why the whole world is doing it to us 24 seven. Yes. Um, so with him, he's like, honestly, I used to uh, go to Sunday services, uh, but then I was turned on to a church called the seven day Adventist. Mm. And, uh, He's like, so I would go Saturday and Sunday mm. and then come to find out his brothers at the Sunday service. The elders kind of came up to him and said, hey, you know, if you're just going to be one foot in, one foot out with us, just don't bother coming in anymore. Oh, wow. oh, so wow. they kind of approached him with that. Wow. Yeah, it, it's kind of, you know, it was kind of sad, but they probably felt like he was over here recruiting for the enemy. You know what I mean? What? And... <laughs> Because so many people say like, oh, you're putting Jesus back on the cross. I'm like, what? Like, mm. that's not even, how's that? Oh, you're living by the law. Mm. And, and you know what the Apostle Paul says, live by the law, die by the law. I'm like, dude, what's it? But what is the remnant church? Mm. Those that have the testimony of Jesus Christ and do the will of the Father. Right. What is the will of the Father? The mm. only law he ever wrote with his own hand mm. was the Ten Commandments. Mm. Being the fourth commandment, how do you keep nine active and suspend one? Mm. It's, and nobody can answer me that question to this day my mom's still a jehovah witness she still can't answer how do you suspend one but you mm -hmm. keep the other nine wow. and so I'm, I'm not trying to push legalism but i am trying to push knowing the characteristics of god because he mm -hmm. says i do not change right so this is something we can stand on for eternity yeah. right. you know the the truth isn't going to change with him right so i i can't I, I can't, by all good uh, uh, faith and conscience, uh, allow myself to be what I feel is kind of being m misled. I One of my biggest pet peeves is don't play me stupid. You know, tell me the truth and just let's see how it goes from there. But when it comes to trying to play on my, uh, my intellect, I feel like that is one of the biggest uh, insults you could do to anybody. Right. You know, we deserve the truth. And we deserve to make our own conscious decisions. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, so, yeah, it was it was uh, uh, Greg off the Bible Flock Box. I I jumped on my phone real quick. I looked up uh, Seventh Day Adventist. I've never heard of SDA. Never oh, wow. heard of them. Wow. Never. I didn't even I didn't even know they existed. Wow. So this was about three and a half years ago now, and uh, come to find out, there was a, a church nine miles away from me um outside of maryland heights st louis mm -hmm. and so i said you know what i'm just gonna show up we'll see what happens so i show up 9 a.m uh, on a saturday 9 a.m and i'm sitting in the parking lot it's snowing outside and uh I, I see somebody come in the parking lot and i probably i probably don't look you know the most uh church, your most typical church goer church boy <laughs> you, know you don't I mean? you don't look boy. like a church boy no, not at all. So when I'm in the parking lot waiting and somebody's trying to rush to the door, I'm like, hey, I'm like, oh, gosh, hurry up. But uh, so I finally I, I catch up to them at the door. I'm like, hey, and I, I, I thought maybe I kind of freaked them out a little bit. And uh, I said, hey, is this open to the public? Or do you have to be a member or something like that? And they're like, no, no. What's your name? And I introduced myself. And uh, uh, honestly, it was probably one of the best days of my life. Because Man. I go in at 9 a.m. I don't leave until like 2.30 in the afternoon, you know. Mm. Uh, great. We, we, we did Sabbath school. Then we move into praise and worship. Then we go into the ministry. Then, then after that, we go into the banquet hall. And we do a, a Lunch. fellowship. And yeah. And, and even the food, when I got into the cafeteria within the banquet hall, I was like, 
what is this? Right. What are you guys eating here? <laughs> uh, it was, it's a culture shock in a sense, because in a secular world, when you don't have your mind on God and you're not putting his uh, precepts into every action that you have, mm -hmm. getting off pork for me was one of the hardest things I had to do. Wow. Mm. It, 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 up in the country, everybody's eating, you know, biscuits and gravy. Right. You know, mm -hmm. meat lovers pizza after work with a beer. I mean, for me to start being conscious of, hey, dude, that's pork. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you don't even think of pork is literally almost in like 80% of the food out there. Mm -hmm. Right, right. It is. It, it, and once again, this I'm not trying to say, oh, if you eat pork, you know, you're a sinner, whatever. Um we do this we follow leviticus diet because we want to take care of our bodies we want amen yep why did god hate esau because he didn't take his inheritance seriously right right he he so we have to take this inheritance that we have even in a fallen world we still have to appreciate what he has given us yes. and we have more to come we have more to look forward to but for the time being it is my responsibility that hey, if i could get a few more miles out of this uh, you know, let's go ahead and try to do that. Amen. So I feel like um, that was one of the hardest things to do is get off the pork and, and keep everything conscious in my mind of, you know, the, the world ingrains such bad habits. Yeah. Such bad habits. We, we, we grow up with these stupid cliche sayings too, like, oh, I can forgive. I just can't forget. Yeah. It's yeah. like, dude, okay. That you know, we we are full of ignorant sayings like this. Yeah. Wow. And and not knowing that everything that was created are are cliches that are humans. No, they're demonic, and they were created through the generations mm. to go against the word of God. Yeah. Because what is forgiving? Mm. It's forgetting. What does God say? He says, "I will separate you far as the, the sin as far as the east is from the west." They never meet, right? You know, so yeah. how are we supposed to forgive people if you can't forgive? No, you're of the world, and you don't even realize how ingrained or how programmed we are from an early age. Yeah. We, we one hundred percent are programmed to be everything that God hates. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel. Yeah, our, our society will do that to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. But. I, I left the SDA that day in St. Louis literally with like, they just kept stacking book after book, brochure, oh, wow. pamphlet, study guides. I, I literally had like a stack and I'm trying to get to my car. I'm like, oh, it's okay. So wait, you, you, left, you, you, left, you left with your own library? I did. I did. You know, so I, I had um, the baby Christian. I think it, it's like a, a purple pamphlet and it has little lessons in there. And it talks about the baby Christian. Mm. And, you know, how as a baby Christian, we, we start with the milk, moving on to the meat. Mm. And it was actually really cool. It was they were some of the best lessons. Mm. So every day after work, I started doing one of the lessons. OK. And I'm like, man, even though I knew that that was so well put. And mm. I, even though they were fundamentally simple, I still cherish them because they were they just like I said, well put. And my buddy Mark. You know, God bless his soul. Seriously, my, my buddy Mark, him and I might not see eye to eye on everything, mm. but this guy just amazed me. You know, he's he's more elderly now. He's getting over into his uh, uh, older years, and it would be negative 10 degrees in St. Louis, just snowing everywhere. He didn't get off work until it was dark out. Mm. He could have been in his car, warm, going home to a warm house, probably dinner on the table with his wife and son, and instead he shoots over to my house first and we have a bible study oh wow. wow that's great and i felt so bad when i see him like you know coming up the stairs i'm on the third story mm. and he's an older gentleman walking all the way up the stairs <laughs> in the cold i'm like man you know you don't have to do this mm. he's like no 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 i want to mm. cool all right so every I, I think it was thursday you know he said we'd do it every thursday for an hour and an hour goes by, two hours goes by, three mm. hours goes by. Wow. <laughs> and, and he's like, Cody, seriously, let's put a pin in this. It's a good conversation, but I got to get home. <laughs> right. You know? right. Once you right. start talking about God, it doesn't stop. It doesn't yeah. stop. The conversations 
could go forever. The living word for a reason, right? Yes. So he was so awesome. He gave, uh, he wanted to give all his attention to me and making sure that I had the, the right answers hmm. uh, for the direction I was going. Hmm. So come back. Oh, oh, okay. So this actually, I got to, this is a pivotal moment. Um, so Sabbath, right? Yeah. I go to uh, church on a Saturday and then the following Saturday, um, my work demands that I have to be at work, mandatory Saturdays. Oh, wow. Mm. So no, so the devil, the devil go, is attacking now. He's, he's, he's attacking because he sees you, you making know what? the move. Yeah. I, you know, I love it. Honestly, I do. And it's not, it's not to quote the scripture, like, you know, uh, praise him in your, uh, uh, even the hard times. What is it? Like in your tribulations and your trials. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it's not that because trials, nobody enjoys, enjoys trials and tribulations. Wow. They're hard times for a reason, mm -hmm. but I, I do enjoy the attacks to an extent of the sense of you must be doing something right. Yes. And if the devil's real, God is most definitely real. Yeah. So to me, he just keeps showing me more evidence of God. God. Mm. So I, I, I go to work and um, I talk to the old man that owns the shipyard. And I said, hey, Mike, uh, I, I got plans this Saturday already. I didn't know that it was going to be mandatory. And he, I was like, do you think I could get out of it this week? I said, I'll even work Sunday. I'll pick up a shift uh, Monday through Friday, whatever. He's like, no, you're good. Don't worry about it. I said, all right, cool. So I go to church. Uh, Monday, I go back to work. And uh, my foreman comes up to me. He's like, hey, I got to write you up. Oh, I said, wow. for what? And he said, well, you missed Mandatory Saturday. Mm -hmm. I said, no. I said, uh, the old man knows I was out. I had pre-engagements for Saturday. And he's like, oh, yeah, what were you doing? I said, I was out. <laughs> he's like, well, I know you were out, but what were you doing? I said, it's not your business. Mm -hmm. And and I wanted to keep the church out of it because it's not it, honestly it's not your business. Right. If I had the time off, the owner says it, you know. And he's like, um, "Yeah, it is my business because I'm the foreman." I mm -hmm. said, "All right." I said, "Well, if you must know, I was at church." He said, "Yes, yeah, what? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and write you up." I said, "Dude, check this out, man." I said, "Why don't you go ahead and grab two more write-ups while you're at it?" I said, because I won't be at work next Saturday or the following Saturday. Mm. And uh, he's like, are you really ready to lose this job over church? He said, uh, uh, I don't care what religion you are. You could just ask God for forgiveness on Sunday. Wow. I said, all right. <laughs> that was the tipping point for me. I was like, let's do this. I'm already all in at this point, you know, and I, and I was making good money at the time. So for me, I was making more than him as a contractor. Mm. I made more than the union guys. Wow. So he couldn't believe it. He's like, dude, are you serious? You know, it's almost two grand a week that I was giving up just welding on the shipyard for him. Mm. And, uh, and uh, I was like, yeah, I'm good, man. Uh, I, I went to the owner's son, Junior. I said, hey, can we just leave on amicable terms? I said, hey, Bob, you just let me give two weeks notice and I'll just go ahead and leave. And my buddy Mark's like, hey, you know, there's people at the church that fight for people like you in your situation. Mm. We can help you. And I just said, man, you know what? As a contractor, I don't have any rights anyways. Um, because they'll just find another reason. They'll just say, no, it wasn't religious. That It was just because we no longer needed his services. And that's what contractors are. Right. So we're expendable. That's why people like working with contractors. So. I just said, no, man, I don't want to be somewhere I'm not wanted anyways. Mm. I would go to work in the morning and they'd be like, did you pray this morning? I'd be like, yeah, I prayed for you too. Mm. You know, and uh, it, it's crazy how much people are going to throw shade at you or salt at you mm. just because you want to do better. Yeah. You know, I they, they would have conversations about women, parties, all this like horrible stuff. And when you start hearing this stuff, it actually starts hurting your ears. Exactly. So I'm over here trying to guard my soul and trying to guard my heart. And I just walk away from those conversations. You know, I, I started being actively taking myself out of situations where I didn't want to be the hypocrite, the double-minded fool where I'm over here at work 
talk mm-hmm. about this, acting like that, doing this, but then I go to church on the uh, on Saturday, you know? So right. I literally tried to reform and reshape my whole life to mm-hmm. follow what I'm studying and putting it into practice. Because now I have wisdom. Mm-hmm. It's no longer knowledge. I've taken the knowledge and I've actually applied it. So here I can actually start standing on wisdom and creating a, lo- a life of substance. Mm-hmm. And it really worked. It, it really did. God has blessed me in so many ways after that, even though I still go to prison. <laughs> Again. Yeah, yeah um, I know. I want, I want to get to that, though. <laughs> That's, but anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so, so, you know, uh, well, once again, another scripture is submit your ways to, uh, submit yourself to the Lord and he will make your path straight, right? Mm-hmm. So he doesn't say submit yourself to the Lord and I will pull you out of da- uh, harm's way or I'll pull you out of danger and uh, you don't have to answer for consequences or, or, or decisions you've made. Mm-hmm. The, the, the scriptures aren't, the Bible isn't for the weak. The Bible isn't for the cowardly. The Bible is not for those that just want to give up and, and lay down. It's mm-hmm. honestly a book that says, hey, this is the reality of a fallen world. You're going to have to stand up. I'm going to help you stand up. When you fall down, get back up, and we're going to do this together. Right. This is the story of the Bible. Everybody, mm-hmm. a lot of people, when I talk to them about the Bible, they think it's a credit card. Like, man, I even prayed. What happened? <laughs> I'm like, dude, that's not, that's not how this works. Right. So, you know, I um, I get fired from the job, or we leave on good terms, however we want to look at it. But, um. I'm sitting at the house in St. Louis and I'm like, geez, the bills are coming in, mm. but money's not coming in. Mm. So I was, I was getting nervous. I was like, crap, crap, crap. So I started, uh, I started looking around for different contracts and I actually met my wife online and we would do Bible studies with each other. She was down here in a uh, Fort Lauderdale area and I was mm. in St. Louis. So we were doing Bible studies, um, a few times a week after uh, work, I'd get home and we would do Bible studies together online, like on Skype. Okay. And um, then I get fired and she made a, uh, she said, well, why don't you just come down to Florida? Hmm. And I was like, I'm actually from Florida. I would love, love to go home. So I called one of my recruiting offices in Florida to see if they had a job. And lo and behold, they had one down in Miami Gardens. Okay. Hmm. So I shoot down here and I start working for this guy, Victor, out of, uh, yeah, Miami, Miami Gardens, I believe. And uh, we're on a job site in Coral Gables and on, on Friday evening about to wrap up and everything. Mm. And as we're leaving, he's like, hey, I'll see everybody here tomorrow. Wow. And I was like, Ugh. hey, bud. I was like, <laughs> can I talk to you? And he's like, oh, yeah, you're Seventh Day Adventist, aren't you? I was like, yeah. He's oh, like, all right, man, I'll see you Monday. Oh, wow. Okay. I was like, I said, you're cool with that? He's like, I don't care how you praise the Lord as long as you praise him. Wow. He's like, that's up to you. And he gave me his business card. And on his business card, he had a scripture from Genesis and a scripture from Exodus on the business card. Wow. Mm. So for me, if that wasn't God saying, hey, I got you. If that wasn't a sign from God, um, I for me I don't know what else is because Florida's my home state. I always want wanted to come back home, mm-hmm. even after Arizona. I didn't want to go to St. Louis. I was trying to get back to Florida. Mm. So he literally gave me what I wanted. Mm. You know, I come down here. I spend time with my wife. We we spend a, a couple months together. And I, I got to know her family and her more on a one-to-one basis. Mm-hmm. And we just ended up getting married. Um, and so this is where the, the two-part testimony is going to have to come up here shortly. But And I'll skip around you know, her and I's testimony. But uh, her and I get married. And then like I think it was like not even two months after our marriage, I was on a job site out in uh, Fort Lauderdale at this lawyer's house. And... Uh, there's a, a Miami uh, detective, uh, Miami Dade County detective, looking for me over at my contractor shop. Oh wow! Yeah, and so I was like, "Not me! We, I don't, I don't even break the law anymore." Like, oh, 
I'm a good guy now. Like, mm. this must be a, a mix-up. And he's like, uh, you know, they kept saying, they kept saying Charles, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. Mm. And we had a guy, Charlie, who works for us. I was like, hey, bro, they're looking for you. And uh, he's like, he walks back and he points at me. I was like, oh, Charlay. My my family name is Charlay. Oh, okay. But okay. everybody thinks it's Charlie. Okay. So it, it didn't even register with me that they were saying Charlie, Charles, whatever. And uh, I was like, oh, my gosh. And come to find out, it was that DUI that they said they would bring up within 12 months. They said mm -hmm. that was a statute of limitation on a DUI in Arizona. Oh, okay. Six and a half years or six years later. This is six years go by now. This is a window of six years. That they bring it up on me right before the statute of limitation actually runs up, which is seven years. Um, and I go to court. And so, mm -hmm. you know, my wife, Yuri's freaking out. She's freaking out. Oh, we'll get you a lawyer. We'll do this. We'll do that. I'm like, no, I said, I'm good. I can't keep preaching all this and not buying it myself. I can't mm -hmm. sell it and not buy it. If I'm going to tell everybody else that they got to stand up, stand on his word, put their faith in him, what am I doing? You know, this was the time to be the Job. This was the time to actually stand up and give it to him and see where your faith really is. Yes. And so, you know, it's like a heart check. So I, I said, you know what? With my priors, with how many times I've been to prison, this felony... I'm facing 10 years in my bracket. Oh my. I am. Wow. I have over five felonies at this point. I have two times already in prison. And for my, you know, for my tier, I'm tier three, which is the worst tier you could get into now in Arizona. Mm -hmm. It's an aggravated uh, uh, section. So now I, I'm, my presumptive, my presumptive is 10 years. Wow. Wow. So aggravated 12 years, mitigated was like seven and a half. Hmm. So I was like, damn this, I don't, Arizona's notorious. They break people off on a daily basis like it's their job. I mean, I guess it is, but <laughs> they do it like it's, you know, a hobby or something like that. Mm -hmm. I have fun doing it. Uh, and um, so I, I fly out to Arizona. I turn myself into uh, an FBI detective. And he takes me to the jail, books me and all that. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, this is crazy because, uh, I, I hated prison. I did not think I was getting out of prison the second time. I thought when I was on Cimarron, it's a yard in Tucson. Uh, mm. it's one of the most dangerous yards I've been on. Uh, I was on the three yard and the Aryan brotherhood, the lowest yard that they could go down to is a four yard. And so we share the yard with each other. Mm. Usually when you're on like lower minimum yards, you still have to fall in line, but they're kind of like so far away, it's through word of mouth. You know, this is the way we act, this is the way we operate because it's coming from uh, the upstairs. Okay. But now that I'm actually sharing the yard with them, mm. it was horrible because these people are honest, honestly killers. They are killers. They will kill you without thinking about it. Um, most of your Aryan Brotherhood members are doing life already. So it's, I I didn't think my neighbor gets killed. Like I'm walking onto the yard. This one guy's getting pulled off the yard. Uh, he got stabbed 13 times because I guess he stole Cheetos or chips or something from his cellmate, you know, stole food off of him or something. He gets stabbed like 13 times walking off the yard. I'm like, wow. dude, <laughs> wow. you know, like, where am I? My neighbor, the first month I'm on that yard, my neighbor gets killed. They beat him to death, and they shove his body between the uh, the bottom bunk and the wall. And I watch him get pulled. I was just like, I'm going to die here. This is ridiculous. I So many times, literally, has God pretty much pulled me out of death, honestly. And, and I, there's more testimony where I've actually died and got brought back to life. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. If we got time to get wow, to wow, man. I, I think Cody, we're gonna have to bring you back for, bring part, you back for two, part two man. of your testimony. Wow. <laughs>
I'm sorry. There's just no, no, no. But that's good though. No, that's fine. That's That's good. That's that's good. I mean, this is this is such a gripping testimony. You got you got us over here just just like in awe, and just like so excited to 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 because we we know you know and know know where you are right now, and just we're just amazed. That's amazing. You see the journey of how God has just taken you for step by step. You know, the thing that scares me too, though, is even though I'm here now, I'm still in one of the most scariest positions in my life because I know the scriptures of the Bible where he says that even the righteous were barely making in. There will be people that will be touching hell's fires of their feet mm-hmm. and barely be brought out, right? So yeah. this this is this might be the more dangerous part of your life because when you get comfortable, when you think you're fine and you're no longer taking an honest evaluation mm-hmm. and, and that gradual backslide. So now here it is where the scripture applies that a sinful man will not die from his sins, but a righteous man will die from his sins. Mm-hmm. So this is, to me, this is now we're kind of actually more, now that I'm in a physically safe place in my life and I'm doing better with family aspects or finances or, or spirituality, no, uh, new levels, new devils. Yeah. So here we are now to another chapter's opening up. And I was never equipped with this chapter growing up. I never had a dad. I never had a, a male role model. I don't know how to be a dad, but here I am being a dad. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's. I think it's going to be a part two because more happens. More still happens. Of course, yeah. of course. Yeah, man. We we definitely we definitely gonna we definitely gonna bring you back, man. And we gonna we're gonna talk some more, man. So because I know. We're, 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 yeah, we're out of time for today, though. Because um, yeah, we have. Ex- I was gonna say, I'm sorry that I just ranted on. No, no, <laughs> no, you not did not. No, you did not. Not at all. All the not. details were necessary. Yes, they were you're, necessary. You're telling your story, and I know, yeah. I know the viewers are gripped. Just I know like how, they're gonna be like, when's he coming back? Right, just like how we're gripped here. <laughs> So, but um, mm. we, we're just gonna, this is what's gonna make it special, man. But we promise we're gonna bring you back this season. Yeah. It's gonna be this okay. season, so yeah. we're gonna make sure that we we bring you back and we're gonna talk about that that second time That's you went in, time. and then talk about some of the, the the times when you 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 were you died and you, you came back to life. Yeah, God yeah, brought yeah. you back, and um, an other part yeah. of the journey, you know. Mm. So. Wow. Yeah, and this is this is honestly the church comes into play here on the next one. You know, a lot of the elders from the plantation SDA. This is where Nick kind of comes into our life, mm. and Nick Nick has been very pivotal in our life as well down here. Because mm. when I've been ready to throw in the towel on so many issues, mm. you know, Nick has kind of he's been there to be right behind me and just I don't want to say bother me. I mean, because I might be nagged at the time because I'm angry and mm-hmm. I have a I have a bad temper. I like I said, I was never equipped to deal with these situations. Mm. So this is a learning process and, and you know, I'm definitely grateful for Nick and his family and what they've done too. But the church has helped out. They helped out a lot. So I, I would love to kind of give them their glory on that part of it all. Amen. 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 Wow. Yep. Wow. So it's not by chance you're you're here with us, Cody. No. By chance. So God no. has really paved the way. And um, as I said, this we're so we're so in awe mm. with with um, the miracles that God yeah. um, been working in your life yeah, so far, and He's gonna continue. And um, yeah. you said something um, a, a little a little while ago. It's about um, never get comfortable, Cody. Mm. Never get comfortable yeah. because every day we gotta keep surrendering. Yeah. And um, it's the same for us. We yeah. we we have to keep surrender every each day. and every day. Yeah. So you keep no. doing that and God will see you too. So, mm. but we want to thank you again for coming on today. And, um, and I know thank that you. Part two. Yeah, we're looking forward to part two. <laughs> and then probably going to have a part three part too. Because we need to bring your wife on too. And yeah. get her in the studio. Yeah, you yeah. might get two parts out of that one too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Right, right. Wow. So, well, we want to thank I appreciate that one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Want to thank you again for for coming on today, and um, until the next episode, till the next episode, man, we're looking forward to yeah, um, talking absolutely. with you again. Absolutely. So, okay. Uh, all right. All right. Let's pray. Holy Father, 
thank you so much for this testimony. What an amazing journey you've taken, Cody, on. Mm. But it just shows us that you are so faithful. Once we keep on holding on to you, you are so faithful. You never leave us. So I pray that you continue to be with Cody and his family, continue to love and care for them and protect them and help them to keep on on this journey so they can always know that they can depend upon you and that they will see your face. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Cody. Thank you again. And um, and as I said, until the next episode. <laughs> All right. Okay, sounds good. All right, then. All right, talk soon. All right. All right. Bye.